this message into this into this session father holy spirit just interpret this word so people understand what you want them to understand god father just do what you do father show them comfort correction conviction restoration and this discipleship father we thank you, Father, that you have allowed us to freely, without any type of restriction, be able to open your word, speak about your word in the way that needs to be done so that we can get your message the way you want to deliver it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for you being a part of this message, helping us, guiding us, leading us and directing us in your ways and in your word according to your translation and your interpretation into our hearts. Only way this can get done is by having that Holy Spirit talk to us. The lifeblood of Christianity. The beginning of the church. The supernatural movement of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you for everyone who watches and listens to this message about to happen. For them to get what you want them to have out of it. And bless their homes. Bless their lives. Bless their jobs. Bless their coming and going here there and fro near and fro bless them father bless their finances bless their homes bless their lives bless their health bless all of them the way you bless them and in their situations and how they're living their lives father for you to do what you do for them i thank you father i ask you to lead guide and direct me as i bring this message according to how you want me to bring it i have nothing you have it all I'm just the vessel. In Jesus' mighty name, Good day, everybody. Good day. Good day. Hope everyone is having a great day. And Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit. Whether we're catching you in the morning, when you're waking up, getting ready to, 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 to take on your day full of errands, work or activities having some breakfast getting cleaned up just psyching yourself up thanking god for another opportunity at life 
or we'll catch you halfway through your day when you dealt with some trials, tribulations, you dealt with some difficulties, situations, but you see God working His way with you, showing you ways to do things, helping you out, getting you through that thing that called midday madness. Or we'll catch you at the end of your day when you're relaxing after a day of work, activity, and errands. And you just want to rest, having some dinner, spending time with those close to, friends, family alike. Just having a quiet time and seeking out just a really good, positive, Pentecost type message. However, whatever, whenever, we're catching you right now. You're now tuned in to the Blue Book. Hosted by Your Boy Blue. And presented to you by Pentecost Ministries. Well... Well, guys, we've had a great day, fantastic times. Um, not sure how the weather is where you're at, but here in Las Vegas, United States, not bad. Um, we're just dealing with the everyday grind of people just lost in direction, not having an answer not having any type of solution to what they're going through. Hopefully in time, and not too much time long, people will seek and find. It requires a certain level of seeking by us to find truth in truth. Because there is an actual ideal of your truth and my truth being different because you believe what you believe. My truth is the experiences I go through being a Pentecost believer. Those truths are what truths God given me over my years and years of walking with the Lord. Those truths may not be uh, your ideal of truth. There's only one real truth, and that is the Word of God by way of the Holy Spirit. There's only one truth. But how you look at the truth is how the Holy Spirit helps you look at the truth. And how it dictates or formulates to your life. And how it molds to your circumstances, your obstacles, your blessings. Um, all pointing to the one God. The one judgment God. And that's the Old Testament God. The New Testament God is Jesus. The loving, caring, understanding God. And then they both are powered by the Holy Spirit, which has always been compassionate. But the Holy Spirit was not unleashed like it needed to be until Jesus walked the earth. And that is why we now, after the first Pentecost, Ah, that's what I'm looking for. Invest so much time and so much of our energy into the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is it. That's the that that is the ultimate. Once you tap into that and you let the Holy Spirit just gain and gain and gain, you're going to be on a very 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 blessed road. Challenging at times, but blessed nonetheless. So, as we do all the time here on the Blue Book, we're going to do our pledge, which is the flag is right here. 
here we go. If you know it, say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and the Savior from whom kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again with life, liberty, to all those who believe. Very good, very good. As I said, and obviously if you've seen the preview banner of this message today, which was up there for 21 hours, uh, today's message deals with pure. Pure. P-U-R-E. Pure. And no, I don't have an acronym, or an acronym for it. It's just pure. Okay? And we're going to tackle that with one verse, one touch. Okay? So, if you have your Bibles, whether it's on, whether it's an actual Bible, like I have right here, okay? Or you get it through your cell phone, or mobile device, tablet, Kindle, desktop, laptop, whatever it may be, let's turn to Titus. Titus is in the New Testament. T-I-T-U-S, Titus. And we're going to go to the first chapter of Titus, and we're going to go to the 15th verse. Okay? So today's message is going to be in Titus 1, 15, I believe that's it. 15. That's 6, 15. Okay? Titus 1, 15. Okay? So, once you get your Bible open, Titus 15, I use the Amplified Bible. That is the Bible I use. I live an Amplified Life, and I believe in an Amplified Holy Spirit. Whatever Bible you have, whatever version it may be, fantastic. That's the way God reaches you. There's nothing wrong with that. Through this message, we will be going through several different verses. And seeing what the verses have that may be different, may be translated differently, and we will cover those translations, and we go through quite a few of them. If it says the same thing that, that the Amplified says, or they all have a similar uh, translation, we'll just move along. But if there's something very different, we'll, we'll address it. Many different translations and versions of the Bible. But I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Bible. So it may be a little different than what you have, but we'll cover it. Okay? Anyway, so we're in Titus, T-I-T-U-S, Titus 1.15. What does Titus 1.15 mean? Well, following Paul's commands against false teachers, he, he notes, to the pure, all things are pure. Okay, so to the pure, all things are pure. That's how you eliminate the hate, is when you are a pure vessel, you walk a pure life, as, least as pure as you possibly can. Everything around you takes that dominion on, so to speak. So you don't look at things the same way. Now you're going to avoid certain things because the Holy Spirit helps you navigate through your life. But to the pure, all things are pure. These words echo Paul's thoughts elsewhere in his letters, which is in 1 Timothy 4, 1-5. Purity was a great importance in the Torah and strongly emphasized in worship of God. 
pure heart, worship God. Very important. Pure gold, pure gold was used in the construction of items in the tabernacle. For example, with those approaching God doing so only in a state of ritual purity. So they used gold as a pure metal and they wanted it to be the purest of pures. Okay? So, pure gold was used in this construction of items in the tabernacle. For example, with those approaching God doing so only in a state of ritual purity okay in contrast to the defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure when you are not of pure heart walking with God believing in Christ letting the Holy Spirit lead your way if you are defiled or unbelieving nothing is pure. you can't see the purity in it now doesn't that make sense if you're a believer and so forth, you see the best in people, you see the purity in people, you look past the sin, hate the sin, love the sinner, so to speak, okay? We're not to hate even sin, because sin is our own fault. We allow sin to dictate our life. How are you going to hate something that you allow in? Okay? You're not going to ever be away from sin. Sin's on this earth. You're never going to be totally gone with it. So you're going to be fighting it daily. Okay, but you let it in at times and you do things that you shouldn't be doing. So, we feel sad for the sin and we love the sinner. Okay, this is the contrast of pure and the pure of heart and the defiled and unbelieving heart. Okay, when you not believe and you have a lot of tribulation in your life, nothing's pure, everything is turmoil in your life. Okay. So Paul has the false teachers of Crete in mind here, spoken out of throughout verses 10 through 16. At first read, read this, this could possibly refer to the, both true believers and defiled and unbelievers, both. However, verse 16 seems to clearly indicate Paul had unbelievers in mind in either case. Those teaching false information about God are not pure okay so understand this those teaching false information about God are not pure okay now a lot of people say how do you know when they're preaching and not preaching good that is the Holy Spirit's job if you have the Holy Spirit it will grieve the Holy Spirit if the message is not a pure message from God that's how you know you build up your Holy Spirit and you learn how to distinguish when it's grieving which means that the preacher is a false preacher not speaking the true gospel not Holy Spirit do you understand how important this Holy Spirit is I just don't think you guys do I think I, I think most people just think of positive thinking and motivation as being the gospel and that's not gospel that is just exactly what it is motivational speaking inner empowerment got nothing to do with God that's how you can say I can talk on a, on a religious level and not religious level because you can still be positive and inspiring so to speak and not use God at all in anything you do so you have ministers and preachers and pastors and so forth out there spreading an inspirational, so to speak, or motivating or empowering message that has nothing to do with God. Now, they may use God and Jesus in their words, but that doesn't mean it's gospel. It just means words. Okay? I'm trying to find the better of me. 
I bet you are. But without the Holy Spirit, that is not possible. Don't know how, you know, I, I, I scramble my brains trying to figure out a way that emphasizes how important it is for people who believe in Jesus to have the Holy Spirit. The gathering, the revivals, the deliverances, the, the miracles that the buildup of the Holy Spirit causes. Now, what you don't, what, what a lot of people don't understand is a minister without that Holy Spirit movement cannot create or cannot be allowed to use the Holy Spirit power of healing and deliverance and miracles without the Holy Spirit present. You don't go out and say, bless child you are, you're be blessed. There has to be a certain amount of Holy Spirit built up, Pentecost built up in order for these things to work. It's kind of like uh, plugging into a light switch. Without the right voltage, you're not gonna get the right power, right results. Same thing with, uh, and we'll, we'll get plugged into the power of God. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what you guys are trying to find if by, by taking him out of prayer and church and ser sermons. and I don't know what you guys are hoping to accomplish with this, but it sure is not going to be what you think you're accomplishing. Okay? False teachings are not pure to God. False teaching false information about God is not pure. In fact, they are impure in both mind and body. And in their conscience, they are completely unclean. If you're at this long enough, and you see enough ministers on TV, televangelists, or whatever else you want to title them, and you can tell when it's just nonsense. If a non-believer can tell it's nonsense, well, I can't even say that because there's non-believers who just don't believe and think it's nonsense anyway. Nevertheless, it's very easy to be swayed the wrong way if you're not on the course already and you're getting discipled by real Jesus Christians. If that makes sense. Preaching a false gospel, teaching false information is unclean. That's not the truth. Okay? In the Jewish mindset though, those who were unclean could not worship God. There you go. We have it differently now. Because we have Jesus and he makes us clean. Back in the old times, old different ballgame. They had to be made clean, holy before coming to God in worship. So Paul emphasizes their true nature in the following verses. Okay, so Titus 1.15, what does it mean? Okay. Here we go, right through the book. Titus 1.15 says this. To the pure in heart, in conscience, all things are pure. But to defiled and corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their very minds and conscience are defiled and polluted. 
okay. To the pure, in heart and conscience, to the pure, all things are pure. Those who walk a life, that's why they say that those who, who believe have a better outlook in life because to the pure of heart, the ones who walk, the, you look at that part. You see the best in things. You see the positive in things, the godly things. Okay? And, I mean, the evil is obviously, the defile is, is, is obvious. But you don't want to see the defile. You know it, and you get past it. You avoid the, the defile because you want to keep it real and gospel. But to defile and corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. So when you're sitting there and you don't believe, you're defiled, you have no true belief in what you're doing, what happens? Everything is unpure. Everything is wrong. Everything is unclean. You don't see any. You're very pessimistic when you're not a believer. You're very optimistic when you are a believer. Okay? Their minds and conscience are defined and polluted. You can't think clearly. You can't see clearly when you're defiled and polluted and your and your conscience isn't clear. Very important to get your the, the bondages off you and your conscience clear. Very important. Go to God with that. Pray to God for that. You know, there there it's a miserable life living a life with that hanging over your head. With all the things you may or may not have done and you feel like, you know, hey, you know, I I have a lot of burdens on me. I've been through a lot. I feel right now that anyone right now dealing with burdens, dealing with just circumstances, holding on to stuff, it break right now in Jesus' name by way of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, go into that person's life, whoever is listening and watching this right now, and break the chains. Break the chains of bondage off them. Whatever they're dealing with, whatever issues going on. There's so many people dealing with these things. Unnecessary necessary bondages. Holding on to hurt and pain and and all this type of stuff is weighing you down day in and day out. You know, it's so common. I see it, I hear it daily, people who are just struggling. And it leads to depression, it leads to anxiety and several other things. And then you got to get medicated because you, you, you it's too much for you to handle. People are like, well, God says... God, I believe in God, and God says, uh, He won't give me more than I can handle. Do you really believe in God? Do you really believe in Jesus? Mouth work isn't going to get you there. Do you really believe in the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit ever present in your life? Is Jesus your Savior? Is God your God? Do you pray to Him? Do you truly let Him have the burdens of your life? Most people are going to rush through it and going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. 
not truly understanding that they have no real concept of what that means. And if they do, if you have a concept of what God in your life means, Jesus being your Savior and Holy Spirit being your comforter, guider, leader, and director, and you still holding on to burdens, that is self, self situations there. That's stuff you got to deal with. That's just the truth of it. You got to deal with those things. And the only one really is going to help you is God Himself, Christ, and, and the Holy Spirit, the Triunity. So if you're holding on to stuff, why? Why are you holding on to stuff? I just can't let it go. Well, you're going to be holding on to it until you are. And you may be going through some medical stuff. And you may be getting on some medicine because it's going to be too much for you to bear. But doesn't, yeah, but you have to have belief. You have to truly be sold out to the Lord for these things to be actual, it, it be an action, to be an actual reality. You know, you, you, you can't just say you are and then expect these things to come to life because you say something. These things have to be ever-present in your life. You have to be walking with the Lord. Yes, you're going to stumble, and I'm talking about stumbling. I'm talking about, you know, being faithful in your prayer life. I'm talking about being faithful in your, maybe your church life. I mean, I know me, in my, in my, in my Pentecost, I honestly love being around like brethren. I love having that spirit just move on the congregation and people speaking and prophesying and talking and praying. It's just a beautiful, beautiful situation. This is where, thank you Holy Spirit, this is where true belief in pure heart and defiled and polluted life in heart have a very big distinction of difference that people, instead of being over here, over here, are right here in the middle. Now, Jesus accepted people but didn't approve of their choices. Because if he approved of his choices, he couldn't be the Savior. So he accepted you on any level you were on, no matter how high or how low. But he didn't approve of everything. And he didn't tell you always directly what was going on. He gave you some brain food. He gave you gems all the time. But when you're sitting here and you're wondering why God has not relieved you of burdens, that's not God not doing his job. That's you not having faith enough to believe God can do his job. If you're holding on to things, I'm. I feel bad for you. You, God, just, Holy Spirit, just move on those who are dealing with this stuff. Dealing with burdens and dealing with stress and dealing with anxiety and dealing with just a really pessimistic outlook on life. It is tough. I have family who are going through these things. And I really feel bad for them. You know, I... I I empathize because I have I have too been through some mental and emotional and spiritual wars of pessimism and, and depression and so forth. Um, especially when I didn't really feel God at one time in my life. And I was starting to go to the dark side because at least I could feel it. And I realized really quickly, thank God, not to take years and years, but pretty quickly, that 
it would lead me down a very dark road. And because I had God already in my heart, it was grieving the Holy Spirit inside me to walk down this dark road. Sad enough to say, that, that, that's the honest God truth of it. Um, I honestly know that you have got to invest time and your will into the Holy Spirit in order for you to get results. Everyone wants results. That is the number one thing everyone is, is striving for is results. I want results in my prayer life. I want results in my church life. I want results in, in the things that I ask for. If I put it, I want them something to come, come out of it. We want results. We also know that if you want results, you have to put the time in and God's going to bless you for that time put in. That's called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. These things are very, very, very important when you are trying to get a reaction or result from your prayer life or from your, your decision to follow God on that level. Because without you seeing some type of action, it's very hard to stick with it. Um, it's very hard to be um, committed if you don't see some result from your prayer life from your breeding life, from your church life, or whatever talents you may have God's given you, you pursuing that. Thing is, is this. The Jesus Christian walk, the Pentecost Holy Spirit belief is very easy and rewarding, at the same time, very difficult. Because it takes a certain amount of no, I am not going to let this happen to me. No, I'm not letting that person get the best of me. No, I am not going to let the situation drain me and, and, and depress me and all these things. Now, there's some things that are beyond your control. Some things way beyond your control. And you just got to leave it to God's hands. The things you think you have control of, got to go back in God's hands. I want to control everything. Well, that's just not... If, if you're going to control everything, then you're going to have to feel the right of what you're going to be controlling. If you're not, and if you're wanting to give it to God, let the Holy Spirit do His thing. It takes a certain amount of let go, release, trust, belief that He's going to be able to do what He's going to do. People don't have that. People, for some strange reason, don't have that drive in them to let God just deal with it. I always tell people, it's hard when it comes to it, it's easy when it's done. Because people just don't trust like that. It takes a certain type of commitment and faith in God and Jesus to do that. It takes a certain level of optimism in the Lord to be able to have faith to move a, uh, a mountain, mustard seed. See, why they say? Why do they say that it takes a mustard seed of faith to move a mountain? Why? Because it's not the mountain 
physically moving. It's the amount of you looking for different ways to make things happen. Having a little bit of faith and letting God do something. Going up to the altar when you're hearing a minister just minister a really Holy Spirited message. Having that little mustard seed and the minister having this much of the Holy Spirit. And a touch. A touch. That's all it takes. We're not supposed to be just obliviated with the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be in love with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do what it's going to do. Let it be what it's going to be. Let it run what it's going to run. Comforter. Decision making. Peacemaker. Um, life changer. People say, I've gotten saved. I'm a different person. What is changing me? It is the Holy Spirit that's changing you. It's that acceptance of Jesus as the Savior, as the perfect sacrificial lamb. And it's the Holy Spirit that comes, that, that enters you and this starts to change your spirit from damage to good. From deranged to a minister. To flip the switch and say, there is a good human being here. Let's ignite the God in him. Let's ignite that light bulb of, 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 of inspiration in him. And there's many cases of it, many examples all around the world. People who have been changed by the Holy Spirit, by accepting Jesus as his Lord and God. And the Holy Spirit just transformed them. Restoration and progress. We're at a constant restoration level. That's what we are. We're in a constant restoration level. It's a practice of restoration daily. Because you're going to mess up. You may have long periods of time where you don't. God bless you if you can, if you can maintain. But you're going to slip and fall. You're human. As long as we slip and fall and sin, we're always going to need Jesus. Because we need forgiveness. Are you truly sorry for your sins? Are you truly sorrowful and want forgiveness for your sins? Some would say no. I don't have no, no, no desire. Okay. Some of us do. Some of us believe in God. Some of us believe Jesus died for our sins. Some of us believe the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit and turns on a light in our spirit to be a light for those who and the Holy Spirit not only a light to our souls but it's also a, a counselor a director a comforter the God voice there's so much wrapped in the Holy Spirit that Every time you turn around to talk about something good to God, it's the Holy Spirit that does it. So when you're talking about Titus 1, 15, to the pure in the heart 
and conscious, all things are pure. Because when you are looking at something with the rose-colored lenses, like God looks at things, like Jesus looks at things, that's how it is. The pure, all things are pure. To the godly, we look at the godly portion of you. But to the defiled, corrupt, and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Because you don't have that power. You don't have that belief in God. Everything to you is corrupt because God is not present. When you see things, everything's corrupt because you have no positive outlook because you have no God in there doing that. You have no Holy Spirit in there giving you that positive outlook. You can't see the forest from the trees. Do we know as believers that corruption is everywhere? Absolutely we do. But as a believer, as a Jesus Christian, as a Pentecost believer, rose-colored lenses. I see the good in you. I see the potential in you. Do I see the sin in you? Well, it's really obvious. Doing the wrong thing it's obvious but I'm not gonna look at that they profess to go to know God to recognize perceive and be acquainted with him but deny and disown the renounce him by by what they do and they are detestable and loathsome in believing and disobedient and disloyal and rebellious and they unfit and worthless for good work deed or of any kind do you understand what that means that's in 16 they profess to know God Recognize him, acquainted with him, but deny and denounce in him by what they do. Not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because there's too many people using the words, but no gas behind it. No Holy Spirit involved in it. You say you know me, but you have no clue of me. You use my name daily. You use Oh my God, 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 constantly. You use Jesus' name constantly, but you do not know me. Just because you're on a pulpit preaching doesn't mean you know me. To know me is to know my power. To know my power is to know me. Disobedient to God and disloyalty. 
because they don't get their message from God. They get it from themselves. They read the knowledge and they get it from themselves. It works, but it's not righteous. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It works, but it's not righteous. The words help, but they're not holy. The only way you get the Holy Spirit out of this is if you let the Holy Spirit into it. NIV says this, New International Version says, To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are corrupt and not and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. The English Standard Version says, To the pure all things are pure, but to the, the, the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both minds and their consciences are defiled. The King James Version says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing is pure, but even their minds and consciences are defiled. The, 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 the New American Standard Bible, the New Living Translation, and the Christian Standard Bible all say, the same, pretty much same thing. The Bible in English, in basic English, says, "To the clean in heart, and the things are, are to, the, the, to the clean in heart, all things are clean." But to those who are unclean and without faith, nothing is clean. They become unclean in mind and in thought. Without faith. To the clean in heart, all things are clean. But to those who are unclean and without faith, nothing is clean. They become unclean in mind and in thought. Verses say the same thing, same words. Most of them say the same words. Or same similar combinations of words. Little something that's very different. Okay, here we go. The Message Bible. Everything is clean to the clean-minded. Nothing is clean to dirty-minded believers. Or dirty-minded unbelievers. Sorry. So everything is clean to the clean-minded, but nothing is clean to the dirty-minded unbelievers. 
they are they leave their dirty fingerprints on everything every thought and act everything is clean to the clean-minded nothing is clean to the dirty-minded unbelievers they leave their dirty fingerprints on every thought and act that's the message Bible the new century version says this new century version to those who are pure all things are pure but to those who are full of sin and do not believe nothing is pure both their minds and their consciences have been ruined the New International Reader's Version says this, To people who are pure, all things are pure. But to those who have twisted minds and don't believe, nothing is pure. In fact, their minds and their sense of what is right is wrong are twisted. Pretty much the same, okay? The 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 wee mouth New Testament says, "To the pure, everything is pure, but to the polluted and unbelieving, nothing is pure." But on the contrary, their their very minds and consciences are polluted. The White Cliff, another really good version, and all things to clean to clean men. All things clean to clean men, but to unclean men and to the unfaithful nothing is clean. For the soul and conscience to them be made unclean. Pretty simple stuff. Different ways of saying it. I liked, uh, uh, what was it? The one about the faith, where is it? Without faith, here it is. The, the, the Bible in basic English, that was a pretty good one. To the clean in heart, all things are clean. But to those who are unclean and without faith, nothing is clean. They become unclean in mind and thought. And it's a pretty good way of putting it. Just understand that when you are not got God up here, nothing is clean. But when God's in you, you see things cleanly. Nice message, nice message. Let's see. Okay, so in summary. Chapter 1 introduces the letter from Paul to Titus. Paul describes the requirements for being appointed a church leader, such as an elder or pastor. The text then transitions into a description of how to rebuke false teachers. These are the requirements Paul expects Titus to follow when selecting leaders for local churches to decree. So this is how you even know. This is a good way of knowing, using these elements. The clean is clean, the unpure is unpure, the words are foul if you're not a believer and you're going to, you're, 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 in, you're in falsehood. Good stuff. Pure. Pure. That's what believers who believe in Jesus Christians, believers of that, and Pentecost, that's what we see from our eyes the clean see the clean the dirty see the dirty we don't see dirty in people we see a hurt soul we see a lost soul and our job as believers is to be patient and hope that they want to receive the lord and change their life through the holy spirit 
Father, right now, I come to you right now. Come to you right now. Let's pray, everyone. I come to you right now, Father, asking that everyone who listens and watches this message, Father, for you to touch them in a supernatural way, Father, for whatever they're dealing with, whatever clean, unclean spirits, unclean issues, anything they're dealing with that's not godly, for it to be gone in the name of Jesus right now. Holy Spirit, take over and help them. We loose them from all unclean thoughts and actions. Father, right now I ask you to bless their homes as they continue with you. I feel, I feel right now, guys, that and beloved, that if, if you need a rededication to the Lord, you need a rededication, or you don't know the Lord, you may want to know, you may want Him in your life. Repeat this prayer after me and know that you are going to have that beautiful opportunity to have Jesus in your heart. If you need rededication, same ideal applies. Okay? Repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you for the time right now to talk to you. Father, I ask right now for you to forgive my sins. Those I have done unknowingly and the things I have done knowingly. I truly am sorry for my sins. I believe your son Jesus came down from heaven to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And rose again. To show that we have an opportunity at eternal life. So right now, I ask your son Jesus into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. To help me with my life. I ask the Holy Spirit into my life to lead me guide me and direct me in your ways and in your word I thank you Father God for my salvation and only ask for the help to live for you to live for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit to help me thank you Father and Jesus' mighty name by way of the Holy Spirit Amen Amen and Amen if you said that prayer I encourage you to go to bluebook.com or pentecost.com. Put those links up right now. And to email us, follow us, let us know that you prayed and you asked God into your heart.
it's important that we know because discipleship is absolutely paramount and important now that you have received the Lord and received Jesus and received the Holy Spirit. I thank you guys for tuning in either to our live video on-demand video or our podcast just know God loves you Jesus loves you and the Holy Spirit adores you and they want to be part of your life they want to help you through this life and open doors unimaginable for you but we have to understand that once we have God life is extremely different it's not a cakewalk but it is absolutely rewarding God bless every single one of you thank you for tuning in to another edition of Blue Book remember today's message is in Titus T-I-T-U-S 1 15 okay pure pure heart pure mind we see pure okay fear respect God follow Jesus and let the Holy Spirit flow through you like a Russian river until next time until next time <laughs> and until next time Jesus Strong.